Hey, hey, hey. Hello, 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 hello. It's James Vincent. And Danessa Myricks. And this is the Makeup Show Podcast. <laughs> this is so exciting. This is episode 10. Can you believe it? I, I really can't believe it. And I'm like, I have so many thoughts in my head right now. I'm a little like ready to just talk. Yeah, let's just do it. You know, it's been a, a crazy weekend. I know we didn't even have a lot of time to catch up. Uh, crazy. Last week was amazing. You guys all tuned in last week to our live podcast. So you know it was a bit insane. We had guests from all around the world at the Makeup Show New York. The Makeup Show New York was the largest show we've had in a while. We had so much education, so many brands. And the Danessa Myleric's international stage, which you heard about, we're still getting... So many emails from people. I am like so overwhelmed by it. It's really, it's, I'm really touched by how people were touched by the stage and inspired. Like so many people came up like literally in tears, like how it changed their perspective about makeup and just kind of opened them up to the possibilities. I think just the crowds of people who felt like they saw themselves in one of the artists. And I think your generosity and your commitment to the industry and your passion um, was so on display. And it's it's amazing. It's really amazing. It was incredible. I, I got a lot from that panel and it was I think what I took away most is that there were all these people on the stage from all over the world. I mean, we had people like Vanessa who have a million followers. A million and, followers. Yeah. And to hear their stories kind of changed the perspective of um, how I view this industry. Um, you know how sometimes you feel like you're, you're alone in your journey mm-hmm. and then you realize, oh my God, there's a whole lot of people out there who had similar experiences it was a lot of me too in a good way moments yeah. um during that um <laughs> right it's a good me too um i think that we have to come up with a new uh, yeah, yeah you're right you're right me also right me as well you know i also talked about at that show kind of about how i felt alone so often until I found makeup um, in my community board panel mm-hmm. with our makeup brothers and sisters, yeah. Orlando and the crew. And it's, I think what so many people are looking for is connection. But I've gotten so many messages, and I know you have too, since the last podcast and the show with people saying, I'm not in New York. I'm right. not in London. I'm not in LA. What do I need to do? to kind of build this career. And I thought that's what we could talk about today. Absolutely. Having a big dream in a small city. I love it. Well, it was pretty cool because we heard so many, um, so much commentary to this effect from the people who were on the panel. I mean, most of the people who were there live in really small towns or live in areas where the kind of makeup that they do just doesn't happen. So we know that it's possible. We know that it's possible. And we know that there are artists who are on the panel and who are part of this community who have really kind of developed their own style and deliver work that excites us. Yes. And we have one of those artists here with us today um, to talk a little bit about and offer some real advice about how do you make your dream happen when you are not in one of the world markets for fashion. Yes. Yeah. And he's actually our very first guest on the Makeup Show podcast. And so. a total cutie. Tote McGoats. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've got Lorkin Jude Devani with us. Uh, you know him from social media as Lorkin's face or from the videos that I insist on posting where he's doing karaoke uh, with Jeremy. And I. <laughs> uh, I have one of those hangovers right now. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. I love that. Thank you for having I me. I love on the that show. you're hungover, and I love that you're on the show. Yeah, thank you. It's <laughs> nice to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were so excited to have you here um, because I think you're such a great example of how to develop an international presence and the career that you want to have when you are living in a city outside of the big four. And I know, Danessa, you've got some real information, some real tips, some activation ideas on what people can do. And so I thought maybe I'd let you lead us through. Well, I love the statement that you made earlier. Um, we were having a conversation about this and you, you mentioned challenging the messaging in the area that you're living in. And I think, you know, you may live in a bridal town or you may live in an area where there's just social makeup happening, but that doesn't mean that that's where your career has to go. You made some really good statements about that earlier. Thank you. I I think the first part is challenging your perception. I think we have so many stories of so many artists have been told their makeup isn't right. Their look isn't right. Their life isn't right. Oh, you can't work in fashion. You've got kids at home. Oh, you can't work in film. You also do bridal. Um, It was one of the reasons I was excited to have Lorcan here. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your experience kind of coming up as an artist who has such a different and unique aesthetic and makeup application? Um, In how I got started or... In how you got started and and how you started to make impact and kind of land the jobs that you were excited to work. Yeah, I think a lot of what um, I do now is very similar to what I always started with and that was just being a weirdo with makeup and having fun with it in that context like I never because I only started makeup in the last maybe seven or so years I had kind of I didn't have like a rule book to follow or I didn't have any sense of what's the right thing to do with a certain product or how to use things so um that kind of outside of the box or not even knowing what the box was thinking, (laughs) um, led me to be a little bit more out there with my stuff. And as a result, the work that I started to get from that, like doing music videos or um, like more out there shoots, came from the fact that I was doing stuff that other people weren't because I didn't know that an eyeliner was just for the eye or that kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. When I think about challenging perception, I think that a big part of it is really kind of education, uh, educating yourself in different ways. And whether that is through traditional schools or it's through finding inspiration in other areas, um, how did you manage to kind of go from being an artist who didn't really know much about makeup to figuring out the pieces of how to apply, when to apply, or you also know so much about makeup in general. How did you kind of educate yourself in that way? Well, I did take a, I took like a very brief course, which I found, I guess, interesting for the wrong reasons. I was being kind of told very um, strictly, like I was, I think I was being taught a style more so than technique. Um, And that made me want to 
then go outside and say, okay, well, I get that this is how you do a specific thing, but why am I doing this specific thing? Um, and I think I went more down the self-taught path because of that. Janessa, um, you, um, you and I are both self-taught artists as well. I know we've talked about this on the program before. How do you educate yourself? Because now you're working at an entirely different level. But like Lorcan, your style is recognizable and very different than what other people are doing. Um, I think practice and play is a big mm-hmm. part of it. Um, once you understand what it is that you're trying to achieve, then you can really research very specifically or just experiment very specifically. Um, I think it's super important for artists to be fall in love with the direction that they want to go in their career, fall in love with their kids and not be afraid to ask questions and dig a little deeper. Um, sometimes it's easy just to rely on watching someone else's tutorial mm-hmm. or reading what someone else said in a blog, but the real difference and the real change comes in your own discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I love about Lorcan and your story. Like you were just kind of just doing it, playing with things, putting things together, mixing okay. and matching textures and colors. And it's, it created who you are as an artist. I think playing is a big part of it. I'm always playing. I'm always, yeah. I can be sitting in front of the TV and just putting things on my leg and mixing it together and just say, Ooh, wow, that looks really pretty. Oh, look what happened with that. Or I'll just take random things and put them together just to see what happens just because yeah. I find it really fun and interesting. And it always sparks the creation of something. Completely. And I think that's what moves the industry forward is creation, mm. not duplication. So you can research. Oh, um, that's a t-shirt. Oh, can we do that? that? Is that going to be our okay, first Jeremy, podcast merch, t-shirt? Podcast merch, merch corner. Uh, creation, make, not duplication. Okay, I'll make a note. Make a, <laughs> I think it's very easy to kind of get caught in that loop as well of following um, trends or looking for inspiration from Instagram where you're just looking at visual references of other makeups. Whereas if you take something like music or cinema or like the mood of something or like try and find your visual references outside of visual media, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to fall into that trap of, oh, this is a makeup that I like on Instagram. And then, hey, look at this makeup. I'm going to do something similar to it. And that kind of creates this pit of um, kind of like repetition, really. I think that's the issue that I have so often with makeup is that people will say, oh, I'll say, how do you do research? Or how do you find references? And they say, oh, I look at magazines or I look at Instagram. And for me, that seems like a little lazy, but also a little dangerous. Like I can't before Fashion Week look at magazines because I don't want to mimic what someone else is doing. So I spend a lot of time in museums. I take a lot of classes um, on things like herbology and things that just spark my mind yeah. going. <clears throat> I think having a passion outside of makeup as well is something that can bolster that. And I think that's, I love that you said that because I think that also helps you really define 
what your messaging is going to be about your artistry so you can push that forward. And I think that's a great point number two, um, being really clear in the message that you're putting out there. I love that your artistry is very, very specific. I think I told this story last week where I completely fanned out. I found Lorcan on Instagram and I was like, who is this genius? Like I was totally enamored. The work was nothing like I've ever seen before. You're going to make me apply no. <laughs> and I remember like literally about to pass out at the 10th anniversary celebration of the makeup show when I saw I was like oh my god is that him right there I didn't even want to approach you um, because you, it, you just seemed so and you are so elevated in your perception of what makeup can be and I think your idea about makeup is super super clear um, in all the ways that you push your branding forward through social media, um, uh, especially. I think for me too, you know, uh, I've told the story so many times, but we met on Instagram as well. And I think now it's so funny because you are my best friend, but it was the way you use color, the way you use texture, the way you find your inspiration in music. Um, you were doing things with makeup that just and still are doing things that just excite me so much because for me after 20 years in the industry of doing like very kind of minimal very pretty makeup what you do is so mind-blowing and so okay. creative and I just really um find that your messaging is very strong when someone hires Lorcan's face to create a makeup look they know the artist that they're getting mm, thank you i appreciate that especially for both of you who obviously have incredible aesthetics and such um a powerful body of work like i'm massive fans of both of you so here you oh my words. god we all love each other I know. So, it's, always, yeah. it's always a love fest i think the other thing with clear messaging that is so important is you've got to get your message out there yes you know? and use all the tools that are available for sure. I, I know we're going to talk about a few of those tools, but I also want to make it clear, you've got to talk to everyone. Mm -hmm. I think that it becomes very simple. I grew up in Rhode Island, which is the smallest state, and I'm not a very social person. I'm very shy. But I knew that when I moved to New York City, I had to hit the pavement. You know, I came up in the days before social media, before cell phones. And so you really had to meet and speak to everyone. You had to have your pitch prepared. Um, your portfolio always had to be with you because you could be at a party or you could be at a cafe and there would be a potential client there. And so I think you've got to be comfortable with how you're putting a message forward and who you're putting the message to, but speak to everyone, every photographer in your market, every mm -hmm. designer in your market. When I was living in Atlanta, um, trying to become a makeup artist, I actually went around to all of the stores in Little Five Points, which was like the cool boutique area where I worked. And I went into the stores and I said, I will do your windows for you. I will do your ad campaigns for you. Um, I will put together fashion shows for you. And the first fashion shows that I did, I didn't charge them. I just said, I'm going to do this show. You provide the models. You provide the clothes. We'll do all of the makeup. We'll get the space. And then I could go the second time and say, okay, it costs X amount of dollars. 
and everyone wanted to participate, but I had to create the opportunity. And then when I moved to New York, I did the same thing. I went into all of the stores that were in my community, the kind of spaces that I knew I wanted to be a part of, and I pitched myself. An elevator pitch isn't about meeting someone and telling them who you are. It's about sealing the deal. Mm-hmm. It's about saying, this is who I am, this is what I do, and what you need me to do. And I think when you're in a small place, it's even more important that you're constantly putting yourself in touch with people. Absolutely. I like to call that being ready to be ready. You know, if you're in a small city, um, sitting around and waiting is not the thing to do. Yeah. You know, being prepared for that opportunity that does come. Um, I know we talk a lot about reaching out and educating yourself. But all of that is, all that reaching out is meaningless. Like, I know you get calls all the time. I get emails all the time. I want to assist you. I want to work with you. What do you know how to do? I'm just out here learning, trying to learn as much as I can. That doesn't help anyone. So reaching out is one thing. Using your resources is, is something. But I think being responsible to be prepared for the opportunity, getting ready to be ready. So if it's taking a class, if it's learning something new this week, is it joining a club? Like, what is it? Like preparing yourself to be ready for when that opportunity comes. You know, I know that for me, I try and take as many opportunities as possible just to learn the littlest bit, even if it's like standing in the back of the room 10 minutes in the back of a classroom. Like every little seed of information is going to help push me forward. And I think having that that energy or that spirit of being in a constant state of preparation for that opportunity is important, especially if you're in a small town. I have written down, say yes. And I think that that's a big piece. One of the things, and I'll let you talk about it, Lorcan, but one of the things that I think you're so good at that I struggle with is when you work with people, you become very social with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have a photo shoot and then you're going out to dinner, you're becoming friends with them, you start to work with them very regularly. Yeah. How? What advice do you have for people that are listening about kind of making that connection happen? Yeah, I think it's, as you said, saying yes, like working with as many different people as possible. Like a lot of the people that I end up working with and then going out to become social with, you're kind of... Um, the more you work with those with people, the more people that you're going to find that you absolutely love working with. It kind of it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to be open to like other experiences and working with people for sure. Like I've found some of the people that are now my best friends, like obviously you guys, but also people back home in Dublin. Um, my one of my best friends, Sinead, originally started on a photo collaboration. Um, and now we go to the cinema together every week and we still work together quite often. Um, but if, if, if I hadn't said yes to the initial job that I was put on with her, I wouldn't have her as like one of my closest friends now. I think when you work you in that way tribe. too, yeah, you, you come up together as well. Alex Thompson, I think is a great example. He's one of my favorite photographers. He has a magazine called Ponyboy Magazine. We worked together on so many jobs for so many clients, but we met on a shoot for Paper Magazine so many years ago. It was the first time each of us was shooting, not as an assistant. And 
the friendship has really allowed us to kind of push each other and grow together and bring each other on to opportunities. I think I do that with so many photographers, hairstylists, makeup artists, that they become like my family. And I think the, the thing that the advice that I would give is just, um, you can't always worry about the dollar, you know? Yeah. You can't always worry about where the rate is. If you can make your money doing some of the other pieces of putting makeup on someone, then maybe you use your free time to work on your passion projects. Um, I never had much free time. My hobby really was my career for so many years. I didn't take a vacation for so long, but I was doing what I loved with people that I loved to work with. And I think that that really allowed me to kind of say yes because I knew I was doing things that I wanted to do. That makes total sense. Yeah. So we've said a lot. Yeah. I think <laughs> we always do. I think you said something earlier that was so great too. And I think it's a good way to kind of put a pin in this for a minute. Um Don't wait to create. Don't wait to create. Yes. This is that t-shirt number two. Yes. Um can we write that on the merch? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get right on top of that Can rose. I'm right on top of that rose. Can I have that in a hoodie, please? <laughs> I think a very uh, perfect example of this is my love, um, Isabel. And she talked about this on the panel last week. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're in an area where nothing is happening that you really want to participate in. You know, there's makeup going on, but it's not the thing that gets your blood flowing and jump, gets you jumping out of bed. But to sit around and wait for somebody to at, to randomly call you or, or to invite you to do that thing is kind of a silly way to approach it. It's all about getting out there and creating that space for yourself. And I love how Isabel talks about you know, she really wanted to do editorial beauty. Um, and the market that she was in, it was just all about beachy and all about brides. And she made a conscious decision to stop posting things that weren't aligned with the thing that she really wanted to do. Yeah. And she focused only on what she wanted. She started creating the kind of work that she wanted to create for herself. And eventually people started to actually call her for that work. Um, so she just created the space for herself, even in terms of like education. She wanted to teach. And originally she was like, it'll be a dream for somebody to invite me to the U.S. or to Russia to teach. And instead of waiting, she decided to create a tour for herself. You know, if you build it, they will come. So and scary. now she's traveling all over the world. So I think that whole idea of not sitting around waiting for somebody to come to your door and say, hey, you want to work on a shoot with me? Mm-hmm. You want to do that fantasy thing you've always wanted to do? Just create the space for yourself. Yeah, if you want to do something, do it. I think it, it, I thought, I think Isabel was such a great example of kind of getting that forward. And I think there are so many examples of that. Um, I always tend to speak about the histories. And I think if you've seen the Kevin Aquan documentaries, you understand that that is really what he had to do. I remember when I was working with Kevin, he would kind of always tell the story about how when he moved to New York, there were probably eight makeup artists working at that time. And nobody wanted to book him. No one wanted to work with him. And so what he did was he really started um, just doing shoots and putting makeup on anyone he could, his uh, younger sister, his friends, his boyfriend at the time. And then his boyfriend at the time became his first agent, Jed Root. And 
they would together kind of pitch Kevin on these stories and really put it out there that he could do something special. And so when the big opportunities started coming, mm-hmm. he had already been practicing. He had already been right. putting a portfolio together. He knew his product. His brushes were second nature to him. I think that for me is the big piece. You know, Don't Wait, Create isn't just about the major moments in your life. It isn't about doing your first ad campaign. It is, are you using your brushes every day? When you're not working, is your kit in action? If your kit is sitting there, bring it out, clean it, touch it, take care of it. Do face charts. Um, There's not a product that goes into my kit if my team and I don't test every product with 10 different brushes. I have to know how it applies before I bring it onto set. Right. Um, I don't sit around and wait when my work gets slow. I email photographers. I email people that I've wanted to work with, models that I've wanted to work with, and I'll say, can you come in and shoot this? I have a very different idea of beauty, and I know Lorcan, you and I have talked about this. Um, I'll pull someone into the studio and just play with makeup, and you'll do that on yourself. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about that process of kind of tapping into creativity? Yeah, like I think for me, one of the reasons that I enjoy working on myself is because it allows spontaneity. There's no fore planning that goes into it. I can literally come up with an idea and then just throw it down and do it on whatever given day I feel like. Um, because I work full time as well, it's it's trickier to try and organize myself, let alone a model and a photographer yeah. and a few other people. So I think being able to do all of those things in uh, by yourself is nice and being able to do it whenever you want is another bonus too like it allowed that part of um working whenever i want to allows for that kind of creativity and it's also pretty judgment free too it's yeah. just you and you well you should see me be judging myself <laughs> yeah. uh, just sweating being like i'm not uploading this it's awful stop sweating you stupid bitch yeah <laughs> i think that the other piece is creativity um Pablo Picasso says creativity will come, but it has to find you working mm-hmm. and uh, inspiration will come. I think is the actual core inspiration will come, but it has to find you working. And that could be face charts. That could be, you know, all of these other creative pieces is your biography where you need your biography to be. Mm-hmm. Do you have a headshot of yourself that tells people who you are and what you do is your social media where you need it to be. You can really pull in creativity to your postings and for those artists that are working with social makeup or real people preparing face charts and showing the different smoky eyes that you do the different ways that you combine color and texture these are great tools don't think you always have to be working on a face in order to tap in to creativity but think of the pieces that you can put together to get you where you want to be you have got to create images that show us where you want to be. We we say that, you know, you've got to be aspirational. aspirational. Exactly. But I think that it doesn't always need to be a photo shoot. I can guarantee if you take that time and tap into that creativity and put it into your business materials, put it into your reference materials, put it into the inspiration, um, build a place in your house that is your space to go where you can kind of relax and refocus. Mm -hmm. This is also a way to um, tap into that creativity and not wait for creativity to come. Mm. I love all that. One of my favorite authors wrote um, that you are the combined effort of everyone you've ever met. So yes, every single person yeah. that you meet and know 
uh, contributes to who you are. And I think, as you were saying, like every like every mm-hmm. part of creativity that you partake in attributes to the artist you become. So it doesn't have to be with makeup. It can be in music or in like just drawing or enjoying art itself. I love that. So and much. Is that t-shirt number three? Yeah. We're just merging. We merch, it. merch, merch. I'm making notes to myself. <laughs> I mean, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I doodle constantly. I've now, I'm now drawing on, what on is my... that note? Now you're making me nervous. <laughs> what did that say? What'd you write down? <laughs> That's private. But I am now drawing <laughs> on my hands because I ran out of paper. That's hilarious. <laughs> so. I think I, this is awesome because. It, I think it's pretty clear now. Like, if you live in Nebraska, or if you live in Idaho, or if you live in what's another space that's Guadalajara, yeah. or if you live in eight hours outside of Moscow, you know there is still an opportunity for you. There is a way for you to really shine. But I think so much of what we talked about goes back to taking ownership and taking responsibility for um, going after what you want and not just sitting and waiting. And if you live in one of the major cities, you know, the competition is is there and is real. And so these are also some of the pieces that you can use in your own career to create opportunity for yourself. So we talked about challenging the perception. Challenging. Yes. Um, we talked about having clear messaging, mm-hmm. um, understanding what it is that you want, doing the research, educating yourself, uh, reaching out on social media, putting that message forward clearly um, so people understand who you are. And saying yes. Saying yes, yes, absolutely. And not waiting to create. Yeah. So I think what we should do is... To hold ourselves accountable and to hold everyone accountable who's listening into this podcast. Okay. Let's talk about like some real action items. Like for those of you who are listening and, and this topic resonates with you, um, let's do this together. Let's write this down right now. If you're driving, do not write. Just listen, <laughs> listen to these few things. Let's, let's push this idea forward, um, with action. I would say, one of the things we talked a lot about is educating ourselves. Yeah. So I think let's all be responsible for finding a course in this next week, finding a course that we can take um, and commit to taking within the next, let's say, 90 days. You I think love that's that. fair? Yeah. A good short term, short term. Yeah. Learn a new skill. Remember, we talked about being ready to be ready. So getting as much information as you can or having something to offer is going to be super important. I would also say, how about joining a group? I love that. There was a great group that um, you mentioned earlier that I thought was super cool. Yeah, the Chicago Makeup Meetup, which was started um, by Jackie Van Riet and Aga Rhodes in Chicago, um, it has become you know this really great resource for the Midwest makeup community. And that was a city that traditionally did not have a community. We had come in with the makeup show. The powder group would come in with different events and we would see all of these people. But what they created there was a space and a time where people could gather together, pool information, share ideas, see some education. Um, and it's become a really powerful 
force. And so I would say if you can't join a group because it doesn't exist where you live, start the group yourself. Yeah. All you've got to do is get a few like-minded people together, and that might be a few photographers, hairstylists, makeup artists, models, creatives that can come together and really, um, you know, have the... I'm obsessed with the idea of salons, like mm-hmm. people kind of coming together to share ideas, and that can happen in your own living room. You can have some people over, brew a pot of tea, and yeah. really kind of take the time to share information and that is education and community at its purest form i love that i think another way another action item could be to volunteer like sometimes we can never find ourselves in the space to work with this particular group or have an opportunity to do this big thing that we've always dreamed of if we're waiting to get paid but if you are ready to be ready and you've educated yourself and you've developed this new skill like Sometimes volunteering is the quickest way in the door. I know for me and my brand, every single person who's ever worked on my staff or is working with me right now started as a volunteer. Yeah, for me as well. Every um, person that works with me pretty much reached out and volunteered, including Lorcan. Uh, you started working with my team. Uh, you flew yourself over to the United States. Um, Bethany Towns, who is part of the team, she started as a volunteer for the makeup show. Mm-hmm. Megan Gray's. Um, so there are just There's, so many yeah, artists that started on that on. So uh, yeah, I think that these are really clear steps that anybody listening right now can take within the next week, just to find these things for yourself over the next week. I mean, it's all about action. You can listen. And say, oh, this was so great. I got so much great information. But it's the action that's mm. going to move you forward. Yeah. I love it. Action-oriented. Or Janessa's going to come knocking at your door. <laughs> they might, they'll be excited about that. Mm. In her spare time. In my spare time. This was really great. This was a great episode. And, you know, I, I think I'm... We've been both been traveling so much. So it's been really... I think it's always inspiring to meet artists from all over. Yeah. And I think that hopefully one of the goals with this podcast was that if you're sitting there in your car listening or you're on your way to work or you're just at home and you're trying to put some of the pieces together, hopefully these are some of those little actions that you can take to motivate yourself to move forward and really become the artist that you want to be. I love that. Mm. I love that. I love you guys. Oh, we love you. And we really appreciate you. you being here. You know, it was great for you to come before jetting off on the plane to yeah. spend some time with us and be able to share with our audience well, your it's story. It's a massive uh, honor to have been asked to do this even. Like, I've been the biggest fan of you guys for years and years. And it's amazing to have gone from being fans of your work to calling you guys my some of my closest friends. Thank you so much. You. And actually, we're going to be in Dublin. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, we're coming to Dublin, so cool. Yeah, get the brown bread ready. Wild. Exactly. We're coming over. I want to understand the whole Dublin and bubbling. Can't deny it. What? what I, oh my goodness! All right, I made a reference to a song, Jay Z, Dublin and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just... Oh my god! I feel really white. I right was trying. Now. I was trying to be cool. Okay, if you guys know the song that I'm referencing, please let us know on the emails. Email us at the Makeup Show Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I don't feel I don't, alone. Oh my god, I'm I sorry, feel so I, old. I don't know that song. 
I don't. Oh my God. But in fairness, I can't name like one Jay Z song. If okay. it's not like a screamo band from Florida, I have no clue what's happening. And that's it. why I love you, Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's full of simple pleasures. Um, so, you know, we're heading towards the end. Yes. And when we head toward the end, there's a certain thing we have to do. So I've selected this week's favorite versus favorite. Favorite versus favorite. <laughs> there's now three of you in the room, so we can go head to head to head. Oh, okay. Um, this is like a battle royale. <laughs> um, I have chosen for this week to go with toners. Oh. Something a little different. If you use toner, which I think all three of you do, if I recall. Since I, mm-hmm. as I see you do makeup quite often. Mm-hmm. So, right. favorite versus favorite, toner. Mm. A toner. One. Toner. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, this one is going to be really uncomfortable for me because I, well, maybe I'll win. Because the one I have is the one from... Rebels and Outlaw. Oh. I'm obsessed because it's not only a toner, you can use it to like clear the energy in the room. Um, and also you can use it as even, um, a hand sanitizer as well. Yeah. It kind of does it all. I don't know if there's going to be anything that beats the toner from Rebels and Outlaw. Oh my so. God. Thank you, Danessa. You're too sweet. So this probably means I'm going to win. Because- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I think I'm going to win, but I'm going to let Lorcan go second. I'm also going to go with Rebels and Outlaws toner. That's kind of my vibe. You guys, yeah. I'm really blushing. Vanessa, like, jumped the gun on my answer. Yeah, but, uh, that's why I went it's first. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. Full transparency. Um, you know, I love you guys for that. Um, I'm going to give a different answer, though, because... Oh, I know. she's so modest. Oh I know. Um, I think toning the skin is really essential. Toning the skin is about bringing it to a pH level where bacteria doesn't grow. It prepares the skin for moisturizer. I tend to like toners that are not active, that use essential oils and hydrosol. So I do love Rebels and Outlaws. It's my baby. But I think there are other toners that I also keep in my kit that I feel like I've got to talk about. Um, one being Maria Badescu, the uh, Aloe Urban Rosewater Toner has been such a staple yeah. for me for mm. so long. And it's such a favorite of so many makeup pros. Yeah, I actually have that in my kit as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a I great agree. one. Um, and the new Twin Medics Toner, which I have just launched at the makeup show um, in New York City a few weeks ago, this was uh, an all-new toner that uses, again, hydrosols and essential oils. You'll see there's a commonality. What I do with toners is really use them to prepare, protect and prepare. And so I'm going to go with Twin Medics and Mario Badescu. But I still feel like I've won anyway because yes. you guys were so great <laughs> to talk about my toner. I love that. I love that. I'm not going to lie. I was aiming for the shameless product plugs. I, get, <laughs> I thought I would get three Rebels and Outlaws around the corner. I'm like, oh, it's not Danessa Myrick's products this time. I, uh, <laughs> we should have to pick our favorite Rebels and Outlaws toner because there's well, We so can't break it down specifically. I mean, yeah. We have like seven varieties now. But anyway, that's enough plugging. That's that. enough plug. It makes um, me uncomfortable. I like it all the time. But I'm shameless. Anyway. I love it. Well, we're still looking for you guys to show us your kits. And if you were showing us your kits, 
we would kind of know what tone is we're in it. I know yeah, we got a it's few. True too. We right? have, we've got a good number. We're, we're yeah. all, we are, I, feel, I feel like we're almost at the point where we're going to have enough to do its own little show me your kids episode. But I we're not quite there one. yet. So please, really I've got a few too. Keep sending in your kit uh, pictures to uh, makeup show podcast, the makeup show podcast at gmail.com so we can keep collecting those. And yeah, we look forward to that. And this was episode number 10. We We're did growing it. up. 10, 10, Happy anniversary, 10. guys. The big eggs. The big eggs. Thank you. Too I'm, many uh, more. Yeah, I'm very excited. And so please, if you like what you're hearing here, please follow us and uh, share us. Share it with a friend. Rate us. Rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, rate, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. That was so much easier to say. I know. I never... <laughs> Remember. Rate, review, and subscribe. Guys, we love you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to take action this week and share with us, you know, either on our Instagram page or through our email. Let us know what are you doing, how you're moving forward, how you're taking action. We really love hearing your stories and hearing your feedback about how some of these tools are helping you move forward. So let's stay connected. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.